Welcome to the British Sports Car Podcast. Join me, Sarah, and Nick, our resident sports car expert, as we bring you all the latest news from the top tiers of British motorsport, including British GT, GT Cup and Brick Car, as well as British motorsport interests from around the world. And welcome to another episode of the British Sports Car Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Sarah, and I've got Nick with me, who I can see currently massively shuffling papers. Literally shuffling papers this time too, as I've got so much to cover and so little time to cover it in, I've decided to print things out and use a highlighter. So we are going old school for this episode. Indeed, we are changing our focus up a little bit just for the this episode uh, because we have got a lot of things to talk about and of course the headline uh, news is the full season entry lists for British GT have been released so we're going to spend a bit of time talking about those today. This doesn't in any way mean that we are neglecting any of the other series that we're covering. Uh, We have actually made a decision that we're going to have a uh, results type show uh, this weekend in between rounds of British GT. Uh, so while you're all off enjoying Easter lunch and getting up to whatever people do with their Easter Sundays, uh, Nick and I will be <laughs> basically going through uh, everything that's happened so far. We've been slightly delayed in getting this episode out as uh, I'm not going to spoil Nick's news. Nick can explain for himself. <laughs> So yeah, I think what Sarah's getting at here is the fact that my last two weeks have been even more manic than usual because between driving tests and driving lessons and all the other things that I do for part of my day-to-day job, I've also moved house and I'm now in a little place to call my own with my own little petrol pump outside for my electric car. So I'm very, very happy about that. Um, we do now have a new... I suppose British Sports Car Podcast co-HQ. So yeah, we, as I say, we're going to have a results digest and we're going to look at uh, Brick Car and GT Cup in particular in that, as we are aware that rounds have happened, results have been seen, cars have raced. Yes, it's uh, it's it's been quite exciting. Um, I am practising as we speak for the whole round racing one. So yeah, we'll we'll be preparing and getting that out over the weekend between British GT days. So today we are going to focus, as I say, primarily on the big news uh, of the opening round this weekend at Alton Park. Uh, but first, we're going to take a look at international news. And now, international news. So I'm I'm sat here and I've got two results sheets in my hand. And as I said, given that I've actually sacrificed tree to the making of this podcast, I actually have results sheets in my hand. Which side of the Atlantic do we go first, Sarah? Go west, where the air is clear. So we're, we're, we, are, we are going to the United States of sports car racing. Yes. In that case, uh, as we've established a pattern um, since the start of the season, 
Sarah and I have sat down and we've had quite a long discussion about how we're going to format the show going forward um, and how we can control my ability to basically whack from lyrical about too much motorsport <laughs> going forward. Because that this sounds a little bit... <laughs> well, you're making it sound like I'm being the mean, put my foot down person. You're not. You're keeping me focused. I need focus in my life. Uh, you are keeping me focused because otherwise we'd be talking about Formula E, Formula One. I'm pretty certain there's some remote control car racing that happened in Australia this week that we could talk about as well. <laughs> um, I know. And I, was... I just resemble the comment slightly about, you know... <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they're sports car related. There was the 24 Hours of Le Mans virtual a little yes. while ago. I could anyway. have gone into that as well. Um, but I'm not. Uh, the reason I'm telling you guys all of this is because we've reached a bit of an agreement that I'm going to try and restrain myself. And the way that I'm going to do that is unless there is exceptional reason, like British GT drivers go out and win every endurance race in a year, um, I'm going to try and restrict myself to two, maybe three international races an episode. Now, I've restricted myself quite nicely. I think I've restricted myself to IMSA that we've been covering all along. And I've also restricted myself to GT World Challenge Europe, which is an SRO championship, so it links into to British GT. Um, so I'm going to try and be good. And we're going to take a look, first of all, at the results of the recent... IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championships third round held on the streets of Long Beach. It was the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Now these guys raced on the Saturday because they share the event with IndyCar that raced on Sunday. And because they share the event with IndyCar who aren't exactly the smallest travelling circus in motorsport, it means that there's not a lot of space in the paddock. So they're in a paddock that's out past turn 11 that nobody can get to, and it's a right pain in the back end. And it's also not big enough to fit in all five classes of the championship. So the compromise that Vince will come up with is that the DPI cars will come to Long Beach, and so will all of the GT entries. It gives us an entry of 26 for the 100-minute race on the Long Beach street, uh, street course. It's a 1.96-mile circuit carved out of Long Beach Harbour, and it is re really is iconic. If you haven't watched a race at Long Beach on Insta TV or whatever, download it. Uh, go, and, go and have a look, stream it. You don't download anymore. I'm showing my age. Okay. And we're going to take a look at the results of the race, um, which start off with Cadillac Racing, obviously run by Chip Ganassi. Uh, the Cadillac DPI VR is the car in question. It's a number zero one, which claimed the top spot. Renga van der Zander and Sebastian Bourdais um, completed 73 laps, finishing 6.761 seconds ahead of the second car, which is also Cadillac Racing, run by Chip Ganassi, Cadillac DPI VR. Uh, Earl Bamba, the... Antipodean from a Porsche factory driver, and Alex Lynn, who is a British driver racing on a British license. Rounding out an all Cadillac DPI VR podium was JDC Miller Motorsports. Um, the top three covered by less than 10 seconds. Uh, in fact, the, 
the entire top class covered by lesson 12. Um, this was the number five car. So JDC Miller Motorsports, uh, Tristan Vautier and Richard Westbrook, who is a British racing driver who's been operating on the world stage for absolutely years. He finished not massively far ahead of Oliver Jarvis, Britt and Tom Blomqvist, who I believe is also racing on a British licence, uh, in the number 60 Mayer Shank Racing with Curb Agajanian. It's the Acura um, ARX 05 DPI, um, say 10.014 seconds off the lead at the end of the race for fourth place. Fifth place, um, I may as well mention there's no British interest in this one, but it's the number 31 car run by, uh, driven by Pipo Durrani and Tristan Nunez, wheeling engineering racing the fourth Cadillac DPI. We finished ahead of Ricky Taylor and Felipe Albuquerque, who has raced with United Autosports, I believe, in British GT, but if not everywhere else that the United Autosports have ever raced, um, in the Conica Minolta Acura ARX 05 Acura DPI. Um, so top class covered by 11.979 seconds from first to last place in class at the end of the race, which is pretty darn impressive. That leaves then GTD Pro, which is the new top GT class of the Southern Sports Car Championship. It was headed by Andrea Ribeiros and the Heart of Racing team in their Aston Martin Vantage GT3. Really impressively here, actually, there are only four laps off the overall lead at the end of the race. Um, and I've deliberately here not mentioned the other driver in the car so that I can say, and former British GT4 champion, Ross Gunn, was the other part of the driving team for that car. Um, they finished ahead of Jack Horsworth and Ben Barnicote. Um, neither, I believe, have raced in sports car racing in the UK, but both are on British licences. Ben Barnicote is a former Formula Renault Bark champion, if I remember rightly. At least that's where I first saw him. They were in the Vassa Sullivan Run Lexus RCF GT3, ahead of the uh, Madison Snow and, I can't remember the first name, Sellers-driven Formula Racing BMW M4 GT3. So a uh, good result for the BMW M4 in the States. I've had a couple of... Um, couple of races which haven't really gone to plan so good to see the new bmw doing well out there and hopefully they can teach century all the tricks for when they debut the car over here going further down now we're going to skip over a few here because there's really no british interest in them um getting down to 16th overall seventh in the gt class um this is team hardpoint porsche 911 gt3r um, on the lead lap in, in GT combined, for want of a better way of putting it, because with the new GT classes, they're both the same cars under the same balance performance. They tend to kind of, the two classes melange uh, a, a little bit. Uh, but Cat Legg, Catherine Legg, um, one of the very, very few ladies to race in IMSA, is the British driver at the wheel of the number 99 car there. 18th overall and 9th in the GTD class. Frederick Shandorf um, in Inception Racing's McLaren 720S GT3. Again, a reason I've left out the other driver in this one. In fact, two reasons. One, 
you can all probably guess it's Brendan Uribe. And two, if I say Brendan Uribe now, I can carry on to point out that very soon I'll be talking about a race to Europe, which happened a week later, or so a week earlier, my apologies. And he's on those results too, driving an inception race to McLaren. He's been a busy, busy boy, Brendan. The penultimate British interest ahead of the 22nd placed, 12th in the GTD class, part of racing. This is the amateur Aston Martin Vantage GT3. Uh, Roman De Angelis, of course, driving that car. He's very much the heart of racing he is. Um, and Maxime Martin, who, of course, has raced in British GT uh, for a couple of years for us. Unfortunately, they were not running at the end of the race. And so they had uh, they classified, but they were on their way towards retirement. The only other thing about the IMSA race that I really want to mention here is that when you look at their results sheets, it's obviously formatted differently than it is to a British GT results sheet or to a GT World Challenge results sheet. They use different timing partners. At the bottom of the sheet, it gives me who set pole position, which in this case was Sebastian Bourdais, um, with a pretty swift lap time, actually, a 109.472. He also set the fastest lap in DPI during the race. The reason I'm talking about these fastest laps, which I'm not going to do every time, don't worry, is because the next box on the sheet tells me the circuit records by class. And basically, the two boxes are identical. The fastest laps in DPI was set by Sebastian Bourdais on lap 16. It was a 110.317. The fastest, the circuit lap record for DPI is a 110.317 set by Sebastian Bourdais. In GTD Pro, Raffaele Marciello set the lap record as a 118.617. And that was going to be a lap record. GTD Pro's never raced there before. In GTD, um, it was actually. Uh, Frederick Shandoff, uh, he set a 118.642 in GTD in the Inception Racing Car, which is the lap record now for GTD around the Long Beach circuit. And it's the first time in a long time that I've seen every lap record fall in one race. Quite interesting. Now that brings us um, back to Europe, and it brings us to the GT World Challenge Europe. This is the Endurance Cup. It opened its books at Imola very, very recently. The race was won overall uh, in the Pro Cup and overall by an Audi. It's an Audi R8 LMS GT3 Evo 2. I do apologise. As Audi's cars age, their names get so long you can't write them on a piece of paper. Um, Dries Vantor and Kelvin van der Linde had the wheel of the number 32 car as it completed 94 laps ahead of all comers to take victory ahead of a couple of chasing Mercedes. We've got the Mercedes AMG Acodis ASP team, the new name for what was ACA ASP, uh, in a Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo, uh, Raffaele Marciello and Daniel Junkidea, ahead of Mauro Engel and Stein Schotthurst in a Mercedes AMG team GetSpeed Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo. That's the top three overall. Looking for British interest, you've got to scroll down to 10th place. Uh, and this is where you find Rob Bell and Oliver Wilkinson. Uh, racing McLaren 720S GT3. Um, it was Jota that was running the car. Jota, obviously, 
British team have run in British GT, they've run in Car, they've run in... I think they may even have run in GT Cup as well. I think they've, they've, they've done the Holy Trinity for us, but they've also raced in European Le Mans Series, they've raced in FAA World Endurance Series, they've won their class at Le Mans. Um, so they're a very, very accomplished team. Um, and they took 10th place in Imola. So uh, a sign of the level of competition in GT World Challenge Europe right there. Just over the page, we get to 12th overall. This is the number 95 car. It's an Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT3, run by Beach Dean in AMR. Of course, Beach Dean, we covered last time, has uh, packed up the entire team and gone off to play in Europe with two cars. This is the Pro Cup entered car of Maxime Martin and Marco Solensen, both British GT alumni. 13th place, we've got Emil Frey Racing with a Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo. Not going to say a whole lot about this car uh, because Alberto Costa has nothing to do with British motorsport. Jack Aitken, however, is he races on a British license. Uh, 13th place, finished just ahead of the Silver Cup winning Team WRT car. Um, this is, again, another Audi R8 LMS GT3 Evo 2. And this is quite quite optimistic for certain entries in Britain because we're getting our first LMS GT3 Evo 2 this year. Um, and if they can win straight out the box on the European stage, there's no reason to believe potentially that Sean Balfe may not be taking at least one victory out of Autumn Park this weekend. But we'll get to that when we're talking about British GT. Um, it was Team WRT that took the uh, victory in Silver Cup with Thomas Neubauer and Benjamin Goethe, who may race on a British licence because Road Goethe did. So Benjamin may be British. I might have to take a look into that one for you. Further down, winners in Gold Cup. Uh, this is a new class that's coming for this year. The number 911. And with that number, it's got to be a Porsche. It's the Porsche 911. GT3R, this is a 991.2 spec car, uh, with Ralph Bond and Alfred Renauer sharing the driving. They took the victory in Gold Cup. Um, 20th place was the number 159. Um, no British names really jumping out of the driver lineup. Ethan Simononi and Vargas Manuel Malbonado. <laughs> Um, but his surname kind of jumps out there for some Formula One related reason. Uh, Garage 59, who have raced in British GT, they turned up at the Silverstone Showdown in 2020, uh, we believe. They're not quite looking the same as they were because gone are the Aston Martins that they were racing. And instead, they have a McLaren 720S GT3. I've seen a photo of that car in their livery, it looks quite good. Running further down the list, and I apologise if I'm missing anybody, I ran through this in the car between driving lessons with a highlighter, um, going from memory, spotting all the British interest. Uh, 25th, um, this is 4th in Gold Cup, the number 78 car, Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo, Barwell Motorsport. Uh, ben Barker joins Alex Malakin in that car, um, finishes in 25th place. 27th, we've got another Team WRT Audi R8 LMS GT3 Evo 2. I'm going to get used to saying that, and hopefully before we get to Brits running it. 
Um, this was run by Finlay, or driven by Finlay Hutchinson, who has raced in British GT4 before and has raced in GT... Um, sorry. And has raced in GT4 European Series. Uh, he's joined by Diego Menchaca. Uh, Diego, well, when I first saw him, he was teammate to... Um, Pietro Fittipaldi at Mark Goodwin Racing in BRDC British Formula 4 in the first ever season of it. So his links to British motorsport are a ways back, but they are there. Um, and now that we're on to the last page of the results here, people. Don't fall asleep on me now. Uh, Garage 59 again. Uh, car, uh, finishes 34th place. Garage 59. Another McLaren. No real British interest in the driver lineup, Enrico Chavez and Miguel Ramos. Uh, finishing ahead of the number 93 car. 35th place, Gold Cup entered. Jonathan Hui and Chris Froggart. It's a Mercedes AMG GT3 for Sky Tempestra Racing. Uh, and this obviously has British relevance because they're coming to play with us this year as well. Number 30, well, sorry, number seven finishes in 38th place. Gold Cup entry for Oliver Milroy and Brendan Uribe, the busiest man in motorsport right now. Inception Racing, McLaren 720S GT3. Uh, finished a couple of laps off the lead. Uh, I don't know the full story behind that one, I'm afraid. Uh, 40th place, last of the classified runners was a number 77. This is Barwell Motorsports Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo. Uh, run for Sandy Mitchell and Rob Collard. So our our um, British GT uh, champions from 2020. Yeah, from 2020. Um, racing again together in Europe this year. The final bit of British interest, I'm afraid, is quite down the list of non-classified cars. Uh, made it to 50 laps playing against the leaders 94. So broke down about half distance here. It's the other Beach Dean AMR car. It's obviously an Aston Martin Vantage for Valentin Hathclough and Theo Neue uh, entered into the Gold Cup, but unfortunately didn't make the finish. And there ends our very quick trip across the Atlantic and back again. It's time for me to wake Sarah up and find out where we're going next. Well, where are we going next? <laughs> Cheshire, isn't it? Well, your geography's getting better. My British geography's never been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't see the look of fear in your eyes when you said which side of the Atlantic and you had to think about which one was west. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do me a favour, just say there's a Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. British GT News. Yep, so as Nick said, we are heading to Cheshire at the weekend uh, for the opening round of British GT. Uh, most of the news that's happened since our last episode has been related to. Uh, teams and drivers confirming. Now we're going to cover that off as we go through uh, the full season entry list and the round by round entries that have confirmed so far. But we do have one other piece of news uh, that is related, but not a team or a driver. 
Uh, and that is that this year's Intelligent Money British GT3 and GT4 overall champions will receive a special commemorative wristwatch uh, designed by the series' new official timing partner, Rebellion Timepieces. Uh, so yeah, Rebellion have been involved uh, with SRO for some time now. And I think it is the first time that they're directly involved with British GT. Uh, so currently they are involved with the SRO Motorsport Group's Global GT3 Series, Fanatec GT World Challenge, powered by AWS, uh, which covers four continents. So as said, the overall champions of each class, uh, GT3 and GT4, will receive one of four engraved 21 GMT automatic watches, uh, the design of which is inspired by a classic car steering wheel. It's just it's good news for British GT. Obviously, previously, SRO have had a deal with Blancpain um, when they first started what became the GT World Challenge, the Blancpain Endurance Series. That ended, and Rebellion came in fairly swiftly afterwards as time and partner for that. But Blancpain never really expressed a mass amount of interest in covering, in, in, in working in SRO's other series. So it shows the levels that British GT stepped up to in the, their international timing partners now want to have a presence in, in what is, I mean, I know we're biased, but what is, has got to be their, their top level national series. Now, British GT Championship Manager Lauren Granville did put out a little bit of a statement uh, in the British GT news article which obviously as always is available on the british gt website um she says that rebellion timepieces has become an iconic name within modern motorsport thanks to its distinctive designs that mix cutting edge horological know-how with eye-catching aesthetics brand's passion for contribution to and heritage within motor racing cannot be questioned either so it's a real privilege for us to welcome them as an official partner this year yeah, because obviously Rebellion aren't just restricted, well, weren't just restricted to watches. They run in sports cars as well. They've run their own cars in the top class at Le Mans. They've developed their own P1 car prototypes. And they still haven't quite left because what is the Alpine in World Endurance Championship is the old Rebellion R13. So they've run at a very high level. They had a go at the Dakar this year as well. Um, so we're talking a proper, a proper motorsport brand, this one. It's, it's it, it, this isn't just a case of oh we've got some money spare where shall we where shall we sponsor this is people that do have a passion for our sport. For all the latest news from sports car and endurance racing around the world, visit thecheckeredflag.co.uk/sportscars. With expert coverage of the World Endurance Championship, Porsche One Me Racing. The world of SRO racing and Genetis, TCF Sports Cars is your one-stop shop for GT and prototype news. Follow at TCF Sports Cars on Twitter and get your latest stories direct to your feed today. So let's get to the meat of our episode without further ado then. So last Thursday saw the release of the full season entry list for the upcoming uh, season of British GT, which is actually the 30th anniversary as well. Uh, so we've got celebrations to come. The total number of cars entered as full season entries across both GT3 and GT4 is 32. 
uh, the split of which is 17 GT3s and 15 GT4 cars. And of course, there will be guests and race by race entries uh, that are joining us at specific rounds throughout the series that we know some of and we don't know some of, but we'll come to that as we talk a little bit more specifically about this weekend's race in Alton Park. One thing uh, to note is that we have actually had one car withdrawn from the full season entry so far, which is uh, our current GT3 champions overall, Leo Machitsky and Dennis Lind, uh, who can't race due to Motorsport UK's decision to suspend its recognition of Russian licences, which of course affects uh, Leo in particular. Now, Barwell are currently evaluating race-by-race options uh, for their second Lamborghini, but as of yet, we don't have any further information of that. Yeah, this is this is unfortunate, and it means that in terms of overall championships, we've only got one being defended, um, and that's that's the GT4 overall champion. We've only got one of our three, oh, sorry, one of our four overall champion drivers coming back for another go. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it in the last episode, but Gus Burton, who of course is the other GT4 reigning overall champion, is going off to Porsche Carrera Cup GB with their their nice gold sponsor that they started with last year. I don't think that had been announced uh, at the time of the last episode, but yeah, that is a shame. Yeah, uh, obviously he's still with Sentry and we wish him and the team all the best of luck. They're going to be very busy on British Touring Car weekends because they're also running two Janettas in the Super Cup. Uh, again, uh, by that sponsor as well. But yeah, we, we are missing a few champions, and it's not often that happens in British GT. People usually come back, and obviously uh, out of out of people's control. Now, speaking of coming back, and as as Nick said, we'll get into the entry list shortly. Uh, Will Burns is obviously looking to become uh, GT4's first ever two-time title winner. But he's got a bit of competition because we've also got two previous champions returning. Yes. Um, this is, of, co- of course, for the overall, um, because uh, if we're looking at two-time champions, there's also the um, Pro-Am Championship that's, that's looking to be defended. Um, but on the overall, um, took it with Sentry, and Ross Wiley had it back in 2014, and I'm going to have to go digging to find out who he was running with there, because uh, even my recall doesn't go back to who won GT for eight years ago. Um, how arrogant did that sound? Well, before we get too embroiled in looking at individuals, uh, why don't we take a look at the entry list? We've got a lot to talk about. So shall we look at GT4 first? We've, we've kind of established a pattern of doing that this, this season. Well, we have, and we, we were already talking century and previous GT4 entries. So, given that they are top of the list, why not start there? Yep, let's uh, let, let, let's um, let's do that then. So yeah, this is yeah returning Century Motorsport number nine car of Chris Salkeld and Tom Rawlings. Tom, obviously a new name to the championship, and the number ninety car of Jack Brown and Will Burns. Will Burns obviously returning as well. Good to see these two cars back um, and wishing them 
all the best of luck, especially. Uh, I'm not certain Chris would get me happy with us saying it, but will because going back to back as the first ever two time GT4 champion, that'd be quite an achievement. Yeah, now both these cars are silver entries. Uh, the GT4 field. So we have 15 full season entries uh, in GT4, of which is quite heavily weighted silver, and both the Century. Uh, motorsport entries are also silver. We've got four Pro-Am versus 11 silvers currently. Um, we've got a couple of TBAs still showing up in there. Um, so that may change dependent. Next up then, let's take a look at uh, the Motus 1 Racing, uh, which is the number seven car, uh, which is Dave Scaramanga and Will Powell. Uh, this is one of the Pro-Am entries, and they'll be racing a McLaren 570S GT4. Now, this was announced a little while ago. Uh, so, Nick, do you want to give us a little bit of a refresher on this car? Yeah, the car was announced, but I had different drivers down against it on my entry list, didn't I? Because um, yeah, we had Stuart Lyons on Will Powell um, rather than Dave Scaramanga. Um, so obviously Stuart has listened to what we were saying uh, when we first announced the car that he's going to be a very very busy boy for the first two rounds racing in one championship and promoting the other um, and has decided to put somebody else in the car now I'm surprised to see Dave and Will in a GT4 car, I will be honest because somewhere around here I've got the results to the GT Cup race not a GT Cup race, sorry, the Brick Car race, in which they're racing a McLaren GT3 car, which I believe is a 650, rather than a 720. Um, so they're an experienced team that work well together, and they know McLaren. Um, how well Dave knows the GT4 product, I don't know. Um, so that's, that's the bit of the unknown going into the new season. So we'll look at another Pro-Am entry next. Uh, we'll go to Inspire Racing, who will be racing the Ecris M4 GT4. Uh, we've got Richard Marsh and Gareth Howell driving there. Now, we did have a bit of a chat about uh, the Ecris last episode, um, how it may or may not differ from the BMW M4, uh, which I'm quite excited to see at the weekend, uh, you know, how it does differ yeah it's i've seen one or i've seen the other i've never seen the two together and i'm i'm, I'm the same as you I, I don't know what to predict here um i expect the equus car to take the fight to the factory cars because there there's a reason that equus is more popular in gc4 europe than the, than the factory cars is. i just don't know whether that's going to translate to british circuits um, so it is going to be quite intriguing, isn't it? Especially in the second part of the first race when it's uh, the the fast drivers in the car rather than the rather than the amateurs. Okay. Um, next up is a silver silver cup entry. It's Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT4. Now, at one point, I was worried we weren't going to have any of these in the class, and we've actually turned out to have two. So. Um, I'm quite pleased that we have got Aston Martins showing. This is our racing number 23 car of Josh Miller and Jamie Day. Um, 
And I'm going to confess that I completely missed the fact that our racing and thought for a moment it was our motorsport. Um, so I thought it was a completely different team. We thought GT4's a step down from the DTM. Um, but excited to have them, excited to, excited to see it. And very, ha- very happy because if it hadn't been for these guys and for a car we're going to speak about in a few cars' time, we could have been in that horrible situation of the British Championship not having Britain's most famous sports car on it. And that would have been a very sad thing indeed. Mm. Now, I'm going to take two cars next because um, it would make mm-hmm. sense to put them together. <laughs> <laughs> so I am, of course, talking about Stella Motorsport, who have got two Audi R8 LMS GT4s entered on the full season entry list. Uh, these are numbers 24 and 42. Uh, now, I'm going to tackle the 42 first, as we do have a confirmed driver pairing for Alton Park, at least. And I am assuming it will be a full season pairing of that point, which will be returning drivers, uh, Richard Williams and Senna Fielding, in their They've usual They've got some number. sway with management, haven't they? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, they are a silver pairing. The 24, however, is still TBA as far as we know, so we can't say what lineup we'll have uh, there in terms of category. Uh, now, it's great to see uh, not one, but two Audis in the GT4 field this year. Uh, I'm just looking through, and I think we've only got a couple of entries where it is a single car, actually. We've got quite a few. I think we've only got three. Uh, but that that's maybe four. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is really nice to see uh, Richard and Senan back. They said they wanted to be racing together. Um, and that's that's clearly happening. Yes. It's the reason they stepped down from GT3, isn't it? They weren't allowed to go and play together anymore. So, yeah, great to see them back. I do hope, because we've had this situation before with Stella, um, where they've gone as far as to put in an entry for two cars and then only now to find bums to put in seats for one of them. Um, and I want to see two Stellas. I, I want to see those guys do well. Um, I've wanted to see those guys do well since, since they were GPRM and put in Toyota GT86s together in their sort of in their unit and say, can we come and play with these because Toyota haven't bought a GT4 car at this time. Um, they are proper British motorsport uh, stellar performance or, uh, stellar, or stellar motorsport. So it's the way things are. They're, they are the type of guys that, well, if it isn't out there, we'll build it. And and I, I, I like that and I want to see them succeed. It brings us on to another case of let's say it was build it so we can come rather than build it and they'll uh, and and they'll come. Uh, Paddock Motorsport. Um, now last year they were racing in GT3. News on that to come. Um, they have also gone out and got themselves a GT4 car. Uh, it's number twenty six. Entered for Ashley Marshall and Mo Ritson. Uh, now we've seen Ashley Marshall before, I believe. Uh, Mo being a new name to us, entered into the Silver Cup. And yes, I can hear you all saying, but Bentley don't do a GT4 car. No, they don't, which is why it's a McLaren 570S GT4. 
Uh, we have certainly seen Ashley Marshall before. We have. I know we have. And uh-huh. I can't figure out why, but I know it's a name that I know from the championship. Uh, he was in Balfe last year. Number 90. <laughs> how, how am I recalling this? You're supposed to be the expert. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the British Sports Car Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and alongside me is British Sports Car expert, Sarah Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not very often that I, I apparently recall something that Nick doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the name. I know I'd seen him, and I even knew I'd seen him in something that was white and green. Uh huh. I remember the livery. Uh huh. I almost remember the number. Uh huh. <laughs> that was the ninety, wasn't it? it yes. Yeah. I, I remembered everything about it. I just hadn't figured out that it was a McLaren that had been run by Ralph. Good moments last year. That's <laughs> some pretty astonishing moments. Um, yeah, so as Sarah has just caused me to face palm for the second time in the space for as many minutes, I'm going to try and look intelligent talking about Mo Ritson, um, who is fairly local to us because he's he's West Yorkshire based. The um, lead racing... lad. Well, we're trying to hold that against him. Um, he did his first track day in 2017. So um, he's relatively new um, to racing, saying that he's done brick car, GT4 U- European he's done in 2019. Um, GT Cup he's done in 2021. Took uh, runners-up spot in the GTH class in the McLaren 70S run by Paddock Motorsport. So, of course, this year he's sticking with the team. And he's sticking with the car. He's gone and found himself Ashley, the teammate. And he's gone in for a bit of GT, British GT4 success as well. So in terms of the numbers, this brings us next to the number 27, uh, which needs very little introduction, as we've got Newbridge Motorsport returning with Pro-Am champions Matt Topham and Darren Turner behind the wheel in what has bef- affectionately become known as Scully who is the second Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT4 on the field this year. I don't think we need to say huge amounts because we know they had a fantastic season last year because they won. Well, they're targeting the overall this year, aren't they? They um, are. And if they can do it as a pro-am entry, um, I suppose that will probably mean that Matt Hopkins should be upgraded over the winter. But don't tell the FAA I said that. Um <laughs> <laughs> because they'll hear that and they'll upgrade him halfway through the season and Matt, Matt won't talk to me again. Cats, <laughs> pigeons, amongst, get. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's... He it deserves the right to defend his title. Um, it's one of the things about the grading system that I disagree with, is that if you win British GT, you're then no longer eligible to defend your title because you're, you've got up a grade and you're no longer eligible to race. Um, so I'm glad it doesn't apply in GT4 the same way it applies in GT3 um, and I'm really really looking forward to seeing what these guys can do now they've got a year under their belt and they know the car they know the circuits they are the experienced older statesmen, older statesmen in the class because there aren't that many returning parents having spoke about returning teams and drivers let's go on to a returning team 
Toyota Gazoo Racing UK, the number 48 car. Of course, with a name like Toyota Gazoo Racing, they're not exactly turning up in a BMW, are they? Um, Toyota GR Super GT4. We've got Tom Edgar in the Driver 1 column, and we've got Jack Mitchell in the Driver 2 column. Entered into a in, into the Silver Cup. Jack Mitchell is a known quantity in the championship. Tom Edgar, not quite so much. Stepping up from Janetta Juniors. Um, rated as a silver, though, um, which surprises me. I'd have thought he'd have been an amp. But, um, yeah, stepped up from Janetta Juniors. What do you think, Sarah? Are we uh, looking at a recipe for success here, or are we looking at a potentially one that needs uh, a little bit more seasoning and back in the oven? Well, if I remember what I've read rightly... Um, Toyota Gazoo Racing uh, in general are looking at having a bit more long-term development so I think there's probably definitely space for development in there and I think this is probably a a good team to kind of cut your teeth in the top level with Um, they're really focused on the car they've had a couple of years now of running it and you know you're partnering with a very experienced driver uh, in the form of Jack Mitchell. So I think this is definitely a good development opportunity for Tom. And I think it'll be interesting to see uh, where he goes. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm hoping that the, cham- that, that, that the team continue their progress from the past couple of years. Because like you say, they've had a couple of years in the car, they've got to grips with it now. They were knocking on the door of a win last year. Yeah, they had some unfortunate bits, but... When I say knocking on the door, they weren't rapping like they were a knuckle. They they were taking a battering ram to it, really, weren't they? Yeah. (laughs) um, How they managed to get out of last year without a win for that car, I don't know. I think it was all down to luck. Yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll always have a place in my heart for teams that say, you know what, maybe this year isn't our year. We'll take a a development year, a developer driver, and bring them along. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the next team then, uh, which is Veluga Racing in the 51. And the first of two Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 RS CSs. Behind the wheel of this, we've got Ross Wiley. And in the provisional full season entry list, it is listed as a TBA, uh, but it is classed as a silver entry. Jumping ahead a little bit to uh, the provisional entry list for the weekend... Uh, that seat looks to have been filled by Benji Hetherington. It does. And this is another one where I'm going to go and I'm going to do a quick bit of searching because, as we say, this one has been confirmed very late. But I know the name Benji Hetherington. I can't place it right. That's fair enough. Now, Ross Wiley is no stranger to British GT. Uh, we've seen him several times and he is one of the three previous champions in the British GT GT4 winner's circle. Uh, the others being obviously Jack Mitchell and Will Burns, who we've already mentioned. Now, the three of them all have the opportunity to become the first ever two-time title winner, which I think might be a hard-fought battle because that's definitely some uh, bragging rights to be had. That is some serious bragging rights. This is where I know the name from. Benji Hetherington is a former British GT3 competitor. 
Uh, he raced in 2013 in what was then the Avon Tyres British GT Championship uh, with Fortec Motorsports. In And you know how words bring back pictures, words bring back memories. The Mercedes AMG SLS GT3, and all I'm hearing now is that basso rumble of that car at Rockingham. And it's shaking the ground as it drives past you. And ooh, it's going down my spine. I love it. Um, he spent quite a, quite, quite a few years in Mercedes SLS AMG GT3s. So, yeah, looking back through his racing career, um, recently he's done some, some historic stuff. So pre-66 Touring Cars Championship, Masters pre-66 Touring Car Championship in 2018. I did one race in a Ford Mustang. Uh, same year, he raced a two-litre Porsche 911. That's not going to be a new car. So he's kept his hand in since the last, since last we saw him. And last year, he was racing with Beluga in the previous Porsche came the Club Sport GT4. Um, so he'll know as much as anybody can, he'll know the car. Okay, the next up is a Seto Motorsport, the number 56. We've seen the car before. It's the Ginetta G56 GT4, the effectively the development car that ran last year. Um, first one to run. Uh, the driver lineup we've discussed at length when it was first announced. This is Joe Wheeler and Freddie Tomlinson uh, entered into the Silver Cup cup class. Freddie Tomlinson, of course, son of Lawrence Tomlinson, owner of Janetta, and Joe Wheeler is related to the last man to run TVR. We've got another returning car and team next in the form of Academy Motorsports Ford Mustang GT4, number 61. Uh, Do you have a driver change? Uh, this time round, as uh, Wilmore is unfortunately sidelined for the season as he's getting various body parts fixed up uh, following an accident a while ago. Uh, so he's taking some time out to recover from that. Uh, so we wish him all the best. Uh, now, Matt's partner is TBA on the provisional entry list, silver entry listed again. Uh, but we do have a name in there now of Marco Signoretti, who is, I believe, a Canadian driver. Nick may or yes. may not know a little bit more. Um, well, I'll be honest, I'm on driver DB right now. Because <laughs> it's not a name that's rung any bells. Uh, and looking at driver DB, there's a reason for that. 2018, he finished second in Canadian Open, Rotax Max Senior, which means that four years ago he was still karting. Um, 2019, his career highlight, he won a championship in Canada. Would you care to guess which one? Canadian GT? Nissan Micro Cup. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know much about Canadian racing. I'm sorry. <laughs> or should that be, I'm sorry, A? Apparently we've seen him before. What well, the name rang slight bell, but... I didn't know he if did it was one... down to an international... No, he did one race in 2019 for Multimatic in a Mustang in GT4, in British GT. 
Uh, so that would be just before I got involved. Yeah. Last year, not last year, 2020, he finished 47th. Uh, but he only entered two races in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge Grand Sport class, driving a Multimatic Motorsport from Ford Mustang GT4. Right. So clearly, because uh, Multimatic are involved with the Mustang, um, that will be where the link is. He's mm. a Academy, Aca- Academy have phoned a factory and said, help, we need a driver. Potentially. Um, they couldn't get separate. The beauty of being allied so closely to the, to the maker of their cars is you get access to their factory drivers. Yeah. I said, I can't believe there's a driver that only raced three years ago in British GT and I completely forgot his bloody name. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether that is a full season partnership with Matt, we don't know yet. Um, I'm sure we'll find out fairly soon. Uh, it'd be nice to have some consistency uh, for it because I know... Not the season just gone, but the season before we had a driver change halfway through, um, which upset the apple cart a little bit just because it's never easy to get used to having someone else uh, next to you. Um, So doing it mid-season isn't necessarily the best time to do that. Um, No, there's a a reason the phrase jumping horses midstream is seen as a bad idea. Yes. (laughs) Uh, but we did really have some amazing moments last year uh, from this car. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Matt go even further and, and see the Mustang on the podium a bit more. Second, second and second and for moments three dirty noises. <laughs> so we're moving on now to Team Parker Racing, obviously a name that's known. We've discussed at length the announcement of Seb Hopkins as their driver because, I mean, is he old enough to brush his teeth? <laughs> Let alone to drive a race car. He's like 16 and three minutes or something like that when we start racing. Um, he's he's one of the youngest we've had. Uh, in fact, he's done the chance of being the youngest race winner we've ever had, doesn't he? I believe so, yes. Because yeah. this is where we had our discussion uh, about where Easter falls. Yeah, um, his partner has been announced. I can't remember if it was before or after last episode, but it's Jamie Autumn who has been announced. Um, so this is Jamie Autumn who has had an illustrious career to date. Two more different drivers. It's going to be hard to find. I've said Hopkins at 16 years and a, and a very little bit. Jamie Autumn at 42 years old. Um, he really has, for the majority of his racing career, focused on single-make racing. So it's his first time, not not just in multi-class racing, but it's his first time in different types of car racing. Um, so this could be interesting. Um, it's also the first time he's ever driven something mid-engined. He's driven front-engined and rear-engined. But... <laughs> uh, I think he'll. I, th- I think he'll actually be. Um, I mean, he's finished eighth in Carrera Cup Procast last year, so he's obviously a fair peddler because you don't finish top ten in that championship unless you know what you're doing. Um, and he'll probably be. Shall we suggest a stabilising influence on potential useful impetuosity? And I feel really old saying that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> considering you're younger than me, I'm just sat here thinking, do I need like you know granny slippers now? 
<laughs> but I think the point that you were possibly trying to make slightly more diplomatically yeah. is that experience can be a good temper for youthful exuberance. That was a phrase I was after. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think definitely there is going to be uh, things that Seb can, can learn. And, you know, it goes both ways as well. Because, as I say, Seb has, he's coming up fast. He, he, he is coming up fast. And when you, when you come up that quickly, there are skills in racecraft that you miss on the way up. So putting literally a father figure. This, this is an age gap that is more than sufficient to be a dad and lad's, dad and lad's, dad and lad's racing weekend, isn't it? Um, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna have a, it, there is a lot for said to learn from his teammate, and there's a lot for said to learn from his team because there aren't many more experienced teams in the paddock, are there, Team Parker? Absolutely. So, from one of the most experienced teams in the paddock to one of the newest teams in the British GT paddock, uh, our last full season entry for GT4 is Pro Am entry, and that is, of course, the McLaren 570S GT4 of Team Brit. Uh, so they'll be racing number 68 and the team made up of Aaron Morgan and Bobby Trundley. Again, we've had uh, extensive discussions about uh, the team and their aims because uh, they've set them high <laughs> to say something. Um, and also uh, the firsts that we've got uh, coming in. So we've got the first car with hand controls. Yeah, it's it's going to be... A very interesting, interesting couple of rounds. Seeing how they adapt to the new racing environment, they they're, they're obviously very proficient in multi-class racing. We'll find out on Sunday how proficient they are, um, because the results are in and they are impressive. Um, it's just great to see. We've seen a number of teams or efforts for differently able racing drivers turn up and say this is what we plan on doing and then they fall into doing something completely different because the racing isn't getting them where they need to go or they find a different market to work in and things like that uh, or they were only ever intended as a one-off uh, talking about the um, SA24 effort at the moment um, uh, Frederick Sousse, um at Le Mans. Um, they were never meant to be full, proper racing teams doing real full season stuff. They were meant to be a one-off event. This is the first one that's come along and said, yes, we're here to promote racing drivers of different abilities. Um, and we want to take them from grassroots all the way up to Le Mans and they're marching down their path. They set their path out at the start and they're marching down it and they're making progress. So really happy to have them along. For all the latest news from sports car and endurance racing around the world, visit thecheckeredflag.co.uk slash sportscars. With expert coverage of the World Endurance Championship, Porsche One Make Racing, the world of SRO Racing and Ginettas, 
TCF Sportscars is your one-stop shop for GT and prototype news. Follow at TCF Sportscars on Twitter and get the latest stories direct to your feed today. So, first GT3 entry and... All the GT3 entries are split between two categories. We've got Silver Am and we've got Pro Am. Silver Am came in last year and was pretty successful. This year, it's knocking on for half the grid. It's not all oh, not 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 quite there, but it is knocking on for half of the grid. And the first entry falls into that Silver Am category as well. It is the number two car. People that know. Uh, number two cars in British GT history. We'll probably be thinking that'll be a white and yellow McLaren then, and it is. It is Team Rocket RJN with a McLaren 720S GT3. James Kell has stepped up from GT4 um, to take the helm as the silver driver in the car. The amateur driver is a less known quantity, a chap called Simon Watts. Uh, he's British driver, um, has been doing um, some MSVR club racing for the past few years. I've had a quick look at his CV. I am horrendously jealous that he's driven many, many very nice prototypes in historic endurance racing. Um, and I want to go and hear those noises and see those sights, but he's he's been allowed to sit in them. Um, if he can drive those, he should be able to handle a McLaren, is basically all that I can, I'm, I'm thinking of, because there's some cars there that were built 20 years before traction control was thought of. Yeah, always nice to see this one uh, on the grid. It is a stunning car. Uh, it's nice to see them moving up onto GT3 with it as well. Um, James had some really good moments last year, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that fares. Yeah, and... Um... On the subject of, of moving up, um, particularly moving up to GT3, we've got another Silver Am entry, which is car number three. This is Assetto Motorsport, who we know from last year, running the Ginetta G56. Of course, in the GT4 segment, we did mention that they were back. But they have turned up as well with a GT3 car for Mark Sanson. So he's graduated with them from the GT4 class. Uh, partnered by Will Tregertha. The car that they've chosen might not be what you were expecting. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw them, as you said, with a, a Ginetta last year in GT4, which we know has returned this year. Uh, we thought we'd lost this car entirely from the grid, uh, given some of the recent news that we've had. But uh, no, they're bringing a Bentley Continental GT3. And it's great to see them bringing back a former champion as well. Obviously, Wilter Gertha, 2017, claimed GT4 in a Janetta with HHC, has done quite a bit of uh, VLN stroke, Nürburgring, Landstrachen, Siri, the, the new name for it, since has raced some, being fair, pretty incredible machinery um, for something you're running around the Nürburgring in. Last year was in DTM Trophy, so the step down from DTM there with the GT4 car. Um, finished second in that as well. Um, only one step below where I first saw him, which was when I was stood on the third step of a podium and he was stood on the first. It was sim racing and he was 
just about to start in Janetta Junior. So um, he's probably got better since where I've just got slower. So let's take a look now at our first uh, Pro-Am entry listing for the full season entry for this year. Uh, we weren't expecting this car when we were making up our predicted entry lists uh, as we kind of expected them last year and didn't really see them, did we, Nick? I pinned my colours to their to their masks pretty much last year and was devastated when they didn't turn up. So I wasn't prepared to expect them this year. Hope they come, yes. Expect them. Not brave enough for that. And what were those colours? Different. Um, they were blue and they were white and they had a different shade of blue and some silver in there, didn't they? They did. Uh, we are talking about TC's Motorsport uh, in the number four, Mercedes-AMG GT3. James Cottingham, who appeared as a round-by-round last year for Ram, is taking one seat in the car this year, along with Lewis Williamson. Uh, As I say, it's the first Pro-Am entry in our round, and they have changed their (laughs) colours quite spectacularly, and I think there will be opinions. (laughs) Let me ask, what's your opinion on this one, Sarah? Well, everybody knows my opinion, considering I deal with the social media side of things generally. And when you were espousing your opinion on social media, you were cautious to say one thing, weren't you? I said I wasn't sure whether or not you would like it, but I have to say I'm with Tom on this one. And you were right to be cautious because (laughs) I'm taking into account what you said about the 76 car. I'm taking into account that and that it may be that it looks better in the flesh than it does in render. And God, I'm hoping it does because it looks goddamn awful in render. (laughs) I don't like it. It's not two C's, two C's is classy. (laughs) See, I take slight offence to that. Not that I don't think they're classy, I do. But uh, whilst the British GT tweets about the livery picked up on one very specific facet of, yes, it is very Hulkamania. So anyone who doesn't get any reference... Uh, to wrestling, we are talking about a very bright red and yellow. As I say, please remember that a lot of uh, people that listen to this probably weren't born before Hulkmania died. Yeah, but it is a phenomena. <laughs> and it is <laughs> one, one that way of putting it. <laughs> appears. Um, however, the thing I liked about it, and I said this in, in my thoughts, is there is also uh, a bit of a pop art. 70s aesthetic to it as well as a bit of comic book which is a bit of fun and we've got some really really stunning liveries but we've not got anything like the pink panther car that i saw last year we don't know that yet that was a support category and it could be back no i know but all the cars that i've seen that are super fun are in support categories we've not seen anything for a bit the closest we've got is scully at the moment and i do say that with the caveat that we haven't seen all deliveries yet and we don't know what they're all going to be okay i i get where you're coming from and 
I will agree. It was a sad day when Beach Dean stopped putting Scooby-Doo or SpongeBob or something like that on the side of their car. But Hulkamania... <laughs> it's it's going to be decisive. Decisive? Divisive. Yeah. It, it, is, it is very definitely a Marmite car. I absolutely agree with that. I'm not sure that the Hulkamania reference was necessarily what was being thought about when the livery was being designed. Yes, but it was being thought about when everybody's seen it. <laughs> yes, and we'll have to find out, ultimately. Mm. Uh, but there are a lot of little details on that livery that I really like that say hark back towards kind of the pop art and comic book side of things, which anyone who knows me knows I'm a bit of a geek, so I'm here for that. Leaving aside talk of how they've decided to treat the outside of the car and going back to talk of what they decided to put inside the car, we know James Cottingham is quick. Um, Lewis Williamson, a little bit more of an unknown quantity for British GT fans, but not for the SRO. I say, looking back through his history a bit, he's been exclusively SRO since 2017. Um, I mean, the year before that, he was racing in World, uh, World Endurance Championships, so he was racing to a very high level. Um, and he was on the road to Formula One at one point. Um, so I think, yes, it's it's quite hard to find an available pro as professional as as Lewis is. Um, that's that's sort of still available. So. Um, Definitely pro-am uh, with, with this man's CV and one to keep an eye on because he's very used to racing Mercedes. Which leads us on to a team that is also very used to running their manufacturer, but not necessarily in GT3. This is Greystone GT, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to our episode last time, listen to it because we had the team manager, team uh, principal, Greystone GT on Mark McLaughlin. Really interesting to talk to him. Really, really entertaining. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, we discussed then that they are coming with a McLaren 720S GT3 for Stuart Proctor and Lewis Proctor in Silver Am. And I've made my thoughts on this one perfectly clear. Glad to have them back, Sarah. Any thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. It was a little bit of a surprise uh, to see that Stuart and Lewis had moved over there. But again, from the conversation that we had with Mark, um, they've got a long-standing relationship. So it does kind of make sense uh, in that way. Obviously, we know that Stuart and Lewis are quick um, and they will be up there in the running for Silver Ram. And I believe that's probably what they've got their sights set on. Uh, taking that title. Yeah, I tried to to pry a number out of Mark when we interviewed him, didn't I, for where that... For where you would, try and where, pry where, numbers where, out of everybody, though. Yeah, but I really tried to pry a number out of Mark as to what would constitute success this year, and he wasn't Yeah, but he didn't fall for it. <laughs> no. Um, no, give me a measurable goal so I can hold you to it. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, I think... Stuart and Lewis won it fair and square last year. 
I don't want anything I'm about to say to detract from that. But they were handed a bit of a gift when Team Abba said, right, we need to reshell the car. We're sitting out around. Um, I don't think they're going to have it all their own way this year. Um, with the depth of the entry in Silveram, they've got they've got, they've got a, a a job of work to do. But I think they're up for it. So moving back to Proam now, a entry that people should be familiar with as a returning entry. We've got Ram Racing, the number six Mercedes AMG GT3, uh, with Ian Loggy as driver one. Uh, we have two drivers sharing duties as driver two in this program entry of uh, Jules Gounon and Callum McLeod. Uh, now, this has come about because originally it was announced that it would be Jules taking the full season. There is a clash uh, on there, which means that he's not able to attend all rounds. And Callum has kindly stepped in uh, to share duties with Ian. Yeah, Ian Ian Loggy proven proven competitor um in a proven machine um with a proven team with a proven teammate in the form of Callum uh for British GT. Uh in British GT terms an unknown in terms of jobs going on, but in general GT racing terms are very well known. Um between him and Jordan Pepper, they basically amazed all of Australia um at Bathurst for a couple of years running um, when he was a Bentley boy. Um, so, yeah, solid lineup. Shall we skip ahead a little bit and talk about the second Ram car now? I've kind of noticed that we're in a palindromic section of the entry list here. Ooh, get you with your big words at yeah, got 10 Mercedes- on a Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Mercedes, McLaren, Mercedes, Mercedes, McLaren, Mercedes, if we do it in order. It's palindromic and big words, I know. And I didn't even have to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want if you want to skip forward to do the uh to do the second Ram racing car, which drivers were expecting and the car they're in we weren't. Um very true. Yeah, then yes. Also, the number. Well, I'm not sure what we were expecting. Well, yes, the number. The number's been stolen, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. Um, it's, it's the number of the car we were expecting. Uh, the drivers of the second Ram car, John Ferguson and Jamie Caroline, to turn up in. Yes, but it's no similar shape car. Just. Slightly upscale. They, they've watered the Toyota and it's grown into a Mercedes. Um, yeah, John Ferguson, Jamie Caroline were knocking on the doors of greatness in, in GT4 last year, just as we said in GT4 section, Toyota Kazoo Racing were. And if I was Speedworks stroke Toyota head office in the UK, I'd have been holding on to that talent with both hands and trying to force it through the slightly open door of championship glory um, without wanting to throw too many metaphors at this and failing miserably. Um, When it comes to their decision to move on up, Silver Am entry being run by 
Ram Racing, Mercedes. What's not to like here? Let's look at the next entry, uh, which, skipping back a couple of entries on our sheet, is the number eight Team Abba Racing uh, car that needs no introduction. We've got the Mercedes AMG GG3 of Richard and Sam Neary, father son pairing, uh, Silver Am entry. We've mentioned them briefly already, talking about other teams, but they are back. Uh, sites firmly set on some trophy wear, I think, this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, without. If, if we go on too much about this entry, it's going to sound like a Team Abba Love song, this podcast. Um, Even though Nick doesn't really like the livery this year. No, I'd have picked one or the other. I'd, 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 I'd have... Um, basically, fish or cut bait, basically. Um, but... I think it's, it's safe to say that they continue to do wonderful things with a car that probably should have been put out to pass for a few years ago. Um, but they did a rebuild on it last year. The car's wanting for nothing. And it's got a driver behind the wheel of it in the, in, in the hands of Sam Neary that can can make it sing. Uh, Richard, no no slouch himself. It's, it's I think with some of the competition they've got, is taking the Silver Ram title is going to be a struggle. But... Looking down the silver amber list, Sam Neary's one of the stronger silvers in the list, isn't he? Mm. Uh, next up is another car that was on our entry list. I uh, basically put it down as confirmed, despite the fact it hadn't been. Uh, that was Paddock Motorsport, the number 11 car for Kelvin Fletcher and Martin Plowman entered into the Pro-Am GT3 class. And the one thing I've not mentioned so far is the Bentley that they'll be racing because they're not. Um, over the, well, as I say, over the off-season, they were racing it last year in GT Cup, uh, weren't they? The McLaren 720S GT3. So they've decided to bring a McLaren to the party. Um, what's your thoughts? So I can tell you mine. I think it will be interesting. I've never seen Kelvin race anything other than the Bentley. You have. Have I? Uh, not at the racetrack, but you've watched it back for season reviews because he was in the Beach Dean GT4 Aston Martin. That's took the true. GT4 title. Yeah, all right. It's the you first time me. you've seen him race. I've slept. It's the first time you've seen him race something where the engine isn't out in front of him. That is very true, but um, yeah, all right. I take that back then. <laughs> Unless he's got a mid-engine tractor. Yeah, but tractor racing's a whole different, <laughs> whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Well, I don't know, but I think so far we've only seen a testing livery, and we've not seen the way the car's actually going to look. Um, I we've definitely not right seen on solo goes on it um, because the GT4's been running a modification of the same livery hasn't it um, for, for, for testing I really like the blue and orange and red and the, the Imagine Cruising livery from last year on the Bentley and I think it could translate quite well to a McLaren so if Imagine Cruising want to 
stick their hand in their pocket and pay Kelvin and Martin lots of money to have the name on the side of a McLaren plate. <laughs> but um, about the only time I didn't like that car was when I was trying to draw the little cartoon of it towards the end of the season. Uh, for the rest of it, it was a welcome breath of fresh air. I think this gives them the potential to be that bit more competitive this season um, because we know the Bentley was coming towards the end of its uh, days, hence we're a little bit surprised to see one this year um, as Paddock did have a few teething problems, especially when it came to tyres last year. Now, we had this from Rick Parfit, didn't we? That the Bentley did not like last year and the, the previous few years' specification of Pirelli's. But there's a new specification of Pirelli's coming this year as well. So Assetto may have made the smart choice here. It's possible. I guess we'll wait and what see. A hell of a gamble. Yeah. That does then lead us on handily to a car we've already spoken about. So um, let's skip over the, uh, the Ram Racing car and go on to our first Lamborghini of the, uh, of the season. Um, actually, a, a fairly, I'd say, a slightly shorter list of Lamborghinis than last year as well. I was going to say fairly, but it's only slightly. Um, WPI Motorsport, a name that we know well, with the number eighteen, a number we know well. And Michael Igo and Phil Keane entered into GT3 Pro Am. It's. I'm going to let Sarah have her say, and then I'm going to mention my thoughts on it I can take a guess at what your thoughts might be but go on then well I know you have a lot of love for Phil Keane I do I think you might say something along the lines of this has got to be his year actually I was going to say I think this could be Michael's year I because he's been consistently growing. He's been consistently growing year on year and year, and it's the first time he's got consistency in teammate. I absolutely and agree with you. What a teammate he's picked. Um, Mostly because we've had this discussion and of both. Yeah. <laughs> <made these points>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I will say is statistically, something's going to happen. I'm, Phil King's going to break his toe or something and not be able to race. <laughs> because for as long as I've been covering this championship, Phil King's been trying to win it. <laughs> uh, you need to reach to your right and just touch down, lower. Touch that wood, but it doesn't happen. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't want that. I don't want that to happen. And if it does, Phil, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to jinx you. <laughs> because it's been a decade I've been watching this man trying to win this championship. And I can be a little bit less sort of torn these days because Johnny isn't on the entry list. Um, but yeah, you know, I think we probably both share the opinion that um, both Michael and Phil can be incredibly quick and as a pairing that have now had a year to iron out any kinks in their driving relationship um, they are definitely up there they both deserve a title for what they've already done 
and I, I, I honestly, I hope it's, I, I do hope it's their year. Uh, the fan in me is looking at that car and going, please, please, please. And, and Scotty agrees. Scotty does agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've just heard the cat version of testify, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Then let's move on. Uh, we've got another pro am entry, number 22, uh, Bath Motorsport. Team we recognise. Drivers we recognise in Sean Balfe and Adam Carroll. Uh, but a little bit more of the shifty shifty in terms of the car. Because if we were talking Balfe. Well, yes, it'd be a tick on the front of it, wouldn't it? Well, an upside down tick. Yeah. The crescent of, I don't know what they call the, the little swoosh of the McLaren logo. Um, what they don't call it is four rings, which is what we've got. Indeed. Um, now we know both have had an Audi as they've raced it elsewhere, but this is the first time it's been brought to British GT. Um, and it is an upgraded version, I understand, uh, as they're going to be in an Audi R8 LMS Evo 2 GT3. Yeah, um, quite excited by this. Um, I think they were too, because they really started the war of the unveilings. Yeah. Yeah, they, was it Lincoln Cathedral they use? They did. Uh, but they had the little uh, teaser trailer with the date. <laughs> I mean, being fair, I think there's the unveiling award or the unveiling war was started by Team Brit because they used MTC in Woking back in November, didn't they? I think Sean and Adam then said, is that the best you can do? Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and basically phoned up God and asked if they could borrow his house for a few hours. (laughs) Um, Trump that one, please. Um, But yeah, the whole launch of it has been a step up, hasn't it? Yeah, and to be fair, it's been really uh, fun to follow as well. I'm... We'd kind of guessed what was going on. Uh, but as I say, we, we were aware they were racing the Audi elsewhere. Um, so we'd kind of suspected that would be the case. But it was really good to watch because it was, it was just like a next level livery announcement, really. As much as anything. Yeah, it was... It was definitely be, definitely beyond um, definitely beyond a world endurance launch, and it was, I mean, if not as high budget as a Formula One launch, it was probably as well trailed. <laughs> trying to keep that out, but yeah, it did remind mean? me of a of a Formula One unveiling. If they race as well as they announce, it's it, it, it's uh, 
Yeah, they race if they race as well as they announced. Look forward to it this year. Yeah, I mean, we we know again both drivers are quick. How quick they are in an Audi compared with a McLaren, don't know yet. But I'm looking forward to finding out. And I also wonder how much of the car is actually brand spankers. Not in terms of their chassis, but in terms of the technology in the car. And I wonder how much of the Audi Evo 2 upgrade has come from the Lamborghini Evo upgrade. Bear in mind the DNA is broadly similar to the two cars. So it may not be as new car worries prone as as people might be expecting it to be. Yeah. Obviously, we know Sean's history in the championship. We also know Adam Carroll. He's been uh, sort of around British motorsport for, well, he won the uh, Formula Ford Winter Series back in 2000. Um, So he's been racing for a little while um, and has done a little bit in British GT. Recent years, um, obviously hanging around GT cars, um, Apparently, and this is this is another one where obviously everybody knows that I, my main source of information is driver DB. Where apparently Cup, uh, sorry, category GTH is in the British GT Cup. Um, but yeah, so he's done a bit of GT Cup last year. He's done an international GT Open uh, with Sean in the Audi, um, and oh, now this is one to warm. The cockles of my heart. He did a single race in 2019 in the Jaguar IPC Trophy Series, racing electric SUVs on street circuits and basically crashing into everybody at every corner. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's uh, he's won the Ferrari Challenge World Final before. The You've got to be one hell of a driver to win that. So, yeah, Sean Balf is a, a a seasoned amateur. And Adam Carroll is a, a um, excrement hot um, pro to put with him. Judging by the international news we've had this year, this, this episode, they've got the right car for it. Next up on the entry list is one of our new teams uh, with a new car. Um, well, new to them, not new to us. Uh, this is Redline Racing, the, the Porsche specialists um, who have bought the number 32 to the Silver Am category for Alex Malakin and James Dorlin. Now, obviously, with Porsche specialism, running through the team since its founding. They're obviously turning up with a 911 GT3R, aren't they, Sarah? Uh, well, we've established this is not necessarily the pattern for this year. We have. So my answer to that would be no. No. Um, good guess. Um, obviously, we've we've discussed this before on the show because um, they were one of the earlier teams to announce they were. Um, and they surprised everybody when, as I say, Porsche specialists, I can't remember their name being on the side of anything except a Porsche, 
except for perhaps a Citroen C1. They might have run a car in the 24-hour race once. Um, but they've gone out and got themselves a Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo. Now, we know James Dorlin. Uh, we don't know him that well in the context of GT3, but he's a former GT4 champion, um, and he's been around the championship for a few years now. Really Really happy to see him move up. Alex Malakin um, is a bit more of an unknown quantity, having a quick mooch around to see in the internet to see what he has done before. Um, his career is not particularly long. Um, the driver database only starts tracking him in 2021 um, when he did. GTT Cup with Paddock. Um, he's done the Porsche Visit Cayman Islands Sprint Challenge to GB um, with Interview Racing. He did a single round of GT World Challenge Europe powered by AWS Endurance Cup Gold Cup this year. So he's got some very recent GT3 experience in a Lamborghini because it was done with Barwell. Um, and he's uh, finished eighth in this year's Porsche Sprint Challenge Middle East, which is the cup car, rather the 911 cup car, rather than the, the boxer. Not the boxer, the, um, the Cayman. So I've been brought to my attention that I have a propensity to list off people's careers, but when the information's that scan, it doesn't really take so long. But what it does tell us is he's pretty good at what he does. Um, I'm hopeful. And it's good to have another Lamborghini because they were looking a bit thin on the ground, weren't they? They were. But let's move on, take a look at our next entry, uh, which is a team stepping up from GT4 to GT3. Uh, upgraded car. Otherwise, lineup unchanged. We're talking about the number 40, which is Fox Motorsports. Uh, Nick Holstead and Jamie Stanley as pro-am entry. Uh, as we said, the car's been upgraded, uh, so they'll be running a McLaren 720S GT3. Yeah, I mean, come on, Fox. Everybody else has thrown us curveballs. Where's yours? Um, actually, no, I'm really happy by this. Um, as we discussed when, we re- when the news was announced, um, Jamie and um, Nick were ready for a move up to GT3 and Fox have got experience of running in that class they've done it fairly sporadically over the past decade or so but they've been, they've been there a couple of times not usually in a McLaren usually they turn up with a Ferrari but at least this one's mid-engine rear-wheel drive um, so it's it's the layout's the same as the Ferraris they've run before. I doubt any of the data will be transferable, though. It then leads us on to Team Parker Racing. And how that leads us on, I don't know. Um, but we now head towards Team Parker Racing and the Porsche 911 GT3R of... Nick Jones and Scott Malvin back for another attempt at the GT3 Pro-Am category. 
third year in GT3, second year with the car. What do we think? I think they've had a year to get to grips with with the new car. They were showing some really good pace, especially towards the end of the season. Um, certainly in practices and qualifying at points, they were on top, beating uh, Marcus Clutton in particular. I seem to remember that particular session where it was flicking through between Dennis Lind and Marcus Lutton, and then all of a sudden Scott Malvin came out of nowhere and topped. So the pace is definitely there. Um, and I think having had a year to kind of get to grips with that, I think they could launch a really good challenge. Looking historically as well, Last time they ran a car for two years consecutive, two full years consecutively, they took the GT4 program title. So there's there's hope for them here. Um, I've always always had a bit of a soft spot for for this lineup. So, like I say, if it can't be Phil, can it be these two? Uh, we've got another returning car next uh, in the form of Barwell. Uh, now, we've already mentioned uh, that currently we've only got the one entry from Barwell. Uh, we are awaiting news on any round-by-round round entries for the second car. Uh, but the number 72, uh, Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo. So that gives us the triad of Lamborghinis. For this year? It does. Um, and it's a returning pairing, isn't it? It is. Adam Ballon and Sandy Mitchell, who came pretty close last year to to, to success. Um, so hope, well, they'll be hoping they can go a bit better and, uh, and seal it this year. Um, and you know what? So am I. And... I'm obviously disappointed that Leo and Dennis can't defend their title. But it is, I don't want to say it's nice, but it's refreshing to go into a season without looking at Barwell and going, well, they're the only ones that are running two cars this year, so they're going to win the team's title. Um. There's going to be a fight for the team's title. I mean, I know, I know, Ram have got two cars, but there's going to be a fight for the team's title this year, um, rather than it just going to the team that's been doing it the longest and therefore has most of the most of the bumps ironed out. A claim that can't be made of our next car, and this is the. This is the how do I pronounce that car from when the news <laughs> broke. <laughs> so I can't we, pronounce that. <laughs> we had this pairing. We had this car. <laughs> we I didn't have enough. them. <laughs> we didn't have them with Alphabet Soup Racing, <laughs> which so isn't Nick, Alphabet Soup. Nick is still sore that he did not spot. That the number seven followed by the letter T 
and the word six is seven T six racing. No, I, I, I was a bit too dense for that. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, with a name like seventy six racing, you can probably guess what their number is. Um, that would be seventy six. And with Mia behind the wheel, you can probably guess what they're driving, which is a 720S. Indeed. Mia's returning with the Ewan. Hanky, um, as I say, we'd got this pairing as coming back for a full season. Nick had mentioned, I think, previously that there does seem to be a little bit of a pattern uh, that Mia and Ewan do a full season and then they do some other stuff and do a bit of round by round. Um, and of course, they were here. Mm. Uh, last year with Team Rocket RJN. And we expected them back with Team Rocket RJN. Uh, We did. So the surprise was the team, uh, but we don't really know a lot about them. 76 are a new team. The one thing I can say, I've seen photos of the car now from testing. And I like the livery more in a photo than I did in a render. So if we stand next to the car, I might actually like it as much as you do. Um, but I still think the um, the black and bronze car from last year was a better-looking chariot. We're coming towards the tail end of the entry list now uh, with just two cars to go, one of which we were expecting in its entirety and we've not been disappointed. Um, that is Enduro Motorsport the number 77 car, uh, back with their McLaren 720S GT3 for Morgan Tilbrook and Marcus Clutton in GT3 Pro-Am. I suppose only their parents will be disappointed in one of their sponsors on this one. So, yeah, basically with this car, the only change is they, they, they've taken on a new sponsor, which has changed part of the livery. Um, that sponsor from the adult entertainment industry, we'll put it that way. So a little bit controversial. And it brings us now to the final car on the entry list, the number 91. And this is the car that we've been looking forward to discussing in its entirety since we interviewed Nathan Freak back in March of last year, before the season even started, something like that. I couldn't even tell you what month it is. I've slept multiple times since then. Um, I think it was a little bit later in the year, to be honest. But it might have also been a little bit further back than that. You know what the last three years are like for me. <laughs> They're just merged into one massive thing. Uh, but obviously, by the mention of Nathan, we are talking about Century Motorsport. Uh, we are talking about a car where Nick's opinion has changed multiple times since first renders appeared through to first appearances. Um, we've gone from hating it to loving it to hating it to it's an ugly, ugly car. Um, and I believe his most recent comment is Sentry can even make an ugly car look good. We are talking about the new BMW M4 GT3. Yeah. Um, How is that for an intro? That's pretty good. <laughs> um, the Paul Miller racing car in the States looks ugly. Um, the Turner Motorsport car in the States looks ugly. The factory cars look good, but that's because they disguise the grill. 
and the Sentry's car looks good because it disguises the grill. The only reason the road car doesn't make me want to feel sick is because they put a number plate across it and break it up a bit. Um, that being said, they really have produced a, the best-looking M4 that I've seen so far and handed it to our first-ever Taiwanese driver. This is Betty Chen. Uh, now, Betty's racing history isn't in the public domain the most extensive in the world but she is what we call a derogated driver which means that her grading has been changed to allow her to compete in the class um so our guess here is that she's a silver that's been downgraded to a bronze um so far according to her driver db record She's finished ninth in the China GT Championship uh, with her first team AAI run, BMW M6 GT3. Um, Not going to be a whole massive amount of help. Bear in mind, the M6 wasn't the most cutting edge of GT3 cars. And it was running on Michelins in a very different climate. But some experience, any experience is going to help. This year, she raced with Leipert Motorsport, or Leipert. I can never decide how I'm going to pronounce that, uh, in a Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo at the Dubai 24 hours to sort of start her season off. And um, then she's got seven glorious rounds of British GT to play with. Mm. Now, the entry list uh, has a nice TBA next to it. We were half joking yesterday or at least i think nick was half joking uh where we were talking about the possibility of nathan having the hardship of taking the other seat (laughs) yeah the half of me that was joking was the half that said he's probably set the price so high that nobody's willing to pay it i think he probably wanted to go in the car (laughs) um it was also tba still on the provisional entry list for the weekend uh but uh, it was announced this morning that we have a returning uh, alumni of British GT coming back. Uh, Are you waiting for the drum roll here? No, it's fine. I was about to say I'm really pleased about. Uh, he was one of our first guests on the show. And it's Angus Fender coming back. Uh, now, he's been off concentrating on his university degree, which he had was in his first year when we talked to him <laughs> to start with. Yeah. Um, so he's had a year doing that. He's also been doing sim racing with BMW as well mm. um, and doing a pretty darn good job of that as well. Certainly living up to his hashtag of fast AF. Angus Fender, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not missing anything there at all, am I? No. Um, <laughs> good to see him back. It does mean, however, that we don't get to see Andrew Gordon Colebrook in the car, um, who told us last year that he really, 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 really wanted to go and would probably sell his kidney to achieve it. Um, he's going to be doing, I think I saw on Twitter or Instagram or somewhere, that he's been playing with the Triumph TR7 a few times this year, uh, but he's not doing top-level racing this year, uh, which is a shame. Um, because we shall miss him. But great to have Angus back. Absolutely. 
<laughs> now that does bring us to the end of the 32 car entry list for the British GT's full season. There are 31 cars showing on the Autumn Park entry list, which is slightly different. Um, and looking through this, I can't see... Before we jump to that, it's worth mentioning probably that we, as we alluded to earlier, we've only got one round-by-round round entry confirmed so far, uh, which is on the list for this weekend. So do we want to mention them before we move on to this weekend um, specifically? Yes. Right, okay, yeah. Um, I was sitting there trying to figure out why the entry list didn't which car was missing from, missing from the entry list. And, of course, we're missing two but have gained one, haven't we? Correct. So, yeah, and it fits in quite nicely as well because it slots in just after the century car on the entry list. Uh, this is the number 93. It's entered, uh, entered as Sky Tempestra Racing, um, who have been in and around SRO racing for a few years now. Um, Kevin C and Chris Froggart sharing the driving in Silver Am for a round-by-round entry. So, of course, even if they win it, they won't score points. The car isn't what you would expect, though, because Sky Tempesta Racing have run Ferrari 488 GT3s for the past few years. Um, they have announced over the off-season that they've switched to Mercedes AMG GT3s. And the other thing that I think I picked up from the press releases here is that they're basically being serviced by two Cs while they're over here. So it's basically the the second two Cs cars dressed up as Sky Tempesta racing and with some of their guys coming over to, to do their thing with it, I think. So looking ahead very briefly towards this weekend uh, before we wrap things up for this episode because we've had a lot to go through. Uh, We have a, as Nick had said, we have a 31 car entry uh, listed for the weekend. We've lost two but gained one. Now we've gained one in GT3 and lost two from GT4. Uh, There's no Motus 1 listed and the first or second stellar depending upon whether you want to be numerical or not uh is also not there but otherwise we have our provisional entry list and that's probably the most succinct entry list that we've done in a while yeah um i'm looking forward to this weekend so am i we get to go get to to the racetrack the other thing that I'm really glad about is that we're back to Easter weekend at Alton Park. We've we've recovered our pre-COVID schedule, schedule depending on how Americanized you are. Um, so things are starting to get back to normal. From what you said about that, because I haven't seen a Alton Park Easter weekend to jokingly mention, but. Uh, I know from having talked about it previously, Easter's changeable, pretty much like the weather. (laughs) Yeah, um, I remember 2017, 2018, 
You know the song Four Seasons in One Day? Well, we had it. We had glorious sunshine. We had blowing wind. We had heavy rain. And we had snow for the podium. All in one all, all in one race day. <laughs> we basically had all four seasons. Uh, Cheshire is stuck in a particularly volatile weather area because it's got the Peak District microclimate around it. Then it's got the effect of uh, it's got the effect of the River Mersey and the Irish Channel all around it, and it's stuck in that Irish Sea, not Channel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's got. It is very much in a, a very weird position because it is surrounded by hills and mountains because the north you've got the Lake District and that bit further up you've got the Pennines and the Peaks and then if you go round a bit further you've got Wales. All quite hilly places. <laughs> and then as you say, you've got from the west, you've got everything coming off the, uh, off the coast. The Irish and- sea, off the Irish Sea and down the Mersey, yeah. So it's meteorologically unique, I think we can put it. And you'll correct my pronunciation. No, I'm all right with that. So, yeah, I guess all that's left to say is we'll hopefully see you there. We will be dotting about through the weekend. So we'll certainly be going and trying to say hello to teams between their busy spots. And when you're bored on Sunday and you've already eaten all your Easter eggs and the sheep is quietly resting while somebody makes gravy, hop on social media and watch our first results show. Yep, we'll give you more information as to what time it will be out, dependent upon uh, what time we sleep until Sunday morning. It'll be good, but it's a long day. It's a decent drive uh, for us to get up to Alton Park and back. So early start, late finish. So that brings us to the end of this episode of the British Sports Car Podcast. Don't forget to visit our social media, Brit SC Podcast, or to visit britishsportscar.rps-dm.co.uk where we'll, we'll get some content on there eventually for you. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Sarah, for controlling my ramblings for the past hour or so. I don't feel like uh, I've succeeded, but... <laughs> if you're not punch drunk after one of these, I've not tried hard enough. Um, but thank you very, very much, and we look forward to speaking to you and to hopefully meeting a lot of you when we see you at Autumn Park over the weekend. Thanks for listening to the British Sports Car Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on socials at BritSC Podcast. This podcast is a Storm Vixen created production in conjunction with RPS Driven Media.